this morning I woke up I like being in a battlefield yeah. I was like oh my god yeah and my first thing was oh my god I'm just I feel like I've been up all night and then I stop objectifying go what's this feeling that tells me that I feel like I'm up all night and I look at it and it's like stress pain hurt sadness tension anxiety and I'm like okay so let's just let that go mm. and then all of a sudden it was like oh that's right I don't have a body, and I'm not tired, and I didn't sleep. It's just so weird how it just is so real for you in a moment until you just have that little epiphany. And I don't even know how that little epiphany comes, just that moment where you go, ding, and everything ceases to be you. You know what I mean? And the moment before, it was all you. And then, then just all of a sudden you're like, ding, Oh, that's right. This isn't what I am. So I am Hercules. Uh, I am woman. <laughs> Hear me raw. Wow. You just you just gated okay. up a little bit. <laughs> oh, come on, that's a famous song. Yes, it, yes, it is. <laughs> and I know too much to go back and pretend because I've been there long before. I've been down there on the floor. Yes. Yes, I am wife. Born of wisdom, born of pain. Yes, I paid the price, but look how much I gained. I am, if I have to, I can do anything. I am strong. I love those words. I am invincible. I am woman. Uh, how appropriate the quote I sent you earlier. <laughs> Well, because well, life ain't nothing but bitches and money. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. That's not the, true. The yin and the yang of life. <laughs> yeah. I reckon we should use other vowels. Other what? Vowels. Instead of the I and the A, we should use like that. So the yen and the yong. 
Oh yes, it was you. I used to. I said I was a heathen and said Yang for years. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it could be Yin and Yong. Then I found myself in yoga circles going Yang, Yang. Please <laughs> teach me your way so that I can resonate with the level of clarity and coolness that you yes. do. <laughs> so I, I will not be this separate thing, and I can connect and be a part of you, overriding the belief that I'm separate. Yes, yes, I'll have a Malabi, please. Let's, yes, oh, and we could do that famous <laughs> mantra that says, we are one, <laughs> which is totally going to fuck up your whole psyche. We are one. Yeah. We are one. I'm like, hold on, how are we one? There, we is, are there one. is no one in we. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There is, yeah, there's no I and we. That shit was deep, dude. <laughs> there's no one and we. Well, there is, because a we is called a one. You do a number one. And that's a we, when you go to we, we. Yeah. A poo is number two. So, all right, so we're going to change it from yin and yang to yang and yong. <laughs> That'd be a really funny Chinese business. Or well, we've, we've still got the O. Getting racial. Yang and Yang and Yong, Yang and Yong. Yes. <laughs> Quit while you're ahead. End on a high note. Hard and hung. You had me at we. We got a hard and hung. How's that? Hi, I'm balancing my hard and hung. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it's like that. So, you know what I think we should do? I think we should do a little technique. To yes. just attune ourselves to something else other than everything that's happening. Mm. So, it would be good. I'm assuming so like, you have this technique. Or are you just hoping it will arise from the ethers of nothingness? Who has what? <laughs> Hold on. And that question is addressed to who? Who is saying what to whom when I say this? Um, yeah, let's play a game. Let's pretend you're Ian, and I'll pretend I'm David, and we'll pretend we're separate. Because mm. in a relative sense, we are. You do have an objectified field over there that seems to be much lower in consciousness than over here. <laughs> Yes, that is the ruse we play to, yes, to, to I, serve you best so that you'll <laughs> get it sooner or and later. And I try so hard. The slippery slope of your personality, the slippery slope of your consciousness drags me down, but I stay true to baby Jesus. Whatever I, I can do to serve you, <laughs> the greater good of the universe. When I look at you, Ian, I just need to say a mantra. I mean, that could be so insulting. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you requires mantras. <laughs> no, um, so the technique would be, well, it's like so many people find it so difficult to know what they are doing in a sense of on the path technique-wise because generally it's just so easy and generally – there's no identity to the meditation. You know, you can't sit there and go, oh, I'm meditating. Your whole idea of meditating is to not. When you say generally it's just so easy, do you mean that like the, the most profound truths are very simple and when you get it, it's like, oh my God, that's it. However, until you get it, it's the most 
difficult, challenging, like, is that what you meant? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Perfect translation. (laughs) I speak dude. (laughs) Yes. But I speak blonde. But it's also, it's like, it's like everything is like that. Like learning to drive. You know, you're like going, oh my God, how do I put the pedal down and turn the handle, especially a manual car? Do this, and I have to steer and watch and speed and turn the wheel and press the buttons and do that. So in the beginning, someone goes like, how do you do it? Yet there'll come a time where you are having a conversation with someone beside you, and you don't even know you turn the wheel and change lanes and put buttons and press things because it becomes a part of your nature to trust yourself in what you're doing. And sometimes you can be sitting there driving and not even realize you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing. And it's a comparative to that when people look at technique or meditation or the path, that aspect of like, oh, my God, there's so many buttons and things and turnings to do. And it's like the more you relax and the more you allow and the more you put into the mind what the technique is and then let go of the technique, like putting into the mind how to drive a car and then let go of driving the car, everything just happens Anyway, I mean, you have to train it to not be it so that it can take over itself, the mind. So a lot of people have that sense of anxiety because when you're driving a car, you get to see that you're driving it and you're okay. But when you're meditating, you don't get to see that, that sense of like, oh, look, I'm doing it right. Because the moment you think that, you've brought yourself out of you know, the, the, the meditation of technique of like trying to watch what you think about yourself mm. so there's there's a technique there's something i used um when i first started to very to get really involved in it which was to um ground myself into the body you know and i think it's a, a really amazing f- technique to attune oneself to focus the mind i mean because when do you ever walk around without your body when are you anywhere without your body? You know, so your body is always here right now. Thursdays are my out-of-body day. Oh, we, oh, we should have that as a spa day. <laughs> Hi. Just leave your body on the hook here and lay down. And it's like, well, I can't lay down if I don't have a body. That's what uh, sensory deprivation chambers are. <laughs> I used to do that. They used yeah? to be. Yeah, all the time. Like, they were like... um, um you know, like the thing, the in thing to do, like in the yeah. 80s. Yeah. In the 80s, sensory dep- deprivation tanks? Yeah. Mm. There was actually a movie called, uh, with John Williams, John Hurt, John, I don't know, the actor everybody knows, where he turns into a monkey. <laughs> no, it's a really good thing because he has this whole spool about who am I, what am I. When I of the Apes? No, no, no. It's um, BJ and the Bear. No, it's a actually it's a, it's a, I remember watching the movie thinking altered states. Mm. That's what it's called, altered states, and it's with that really famous blonde actor. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. You're going like what? What is the, the oh, the blonde one. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just. Are you like looking it up? Um, William Hurt. You know, he um, does sensory deprivation tanks and finds that you can um, regress back to a monkey. Mm. 
you know, one stage monkeys jump out of the tanks. But um, sensory deprivation was great. It's like lots of salt. You float there and you just meditate. But you could do that anyway. You just have to not have a body. That just helps you let go of that thought. But everywhere you go, you have your body. So you can ground yourself in your body. You can watch it move in front of you. You can the, – the whole idea of meditation is just to be present. My experience is when I am here, the mind is not here per se as a separate entity to me. When the mind is there, blah, 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 I am not. So the mind is going blah, 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 blah. And sometimes there's this relative distance where you're uh, portionately there and the mind's going, rah, 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 rah. and the more you you can see it and oh, it's just chatting to me and all that, but you're not it. You know, you're relatively portioned into yourself. But the thing is, to ground yourself into that presence of your own sense of, of self, the mind gets quieter and quieter and quieter. The more you can just be fixated and folks, focused in being the presence of yourself, just there which is what meditation is, the more the mind stops. The thing is, the mind has had free reign to go crazy for how many years that you've been alive. So it's normal for you to walk around with this thing that is actually insane, saying crazy things to you. You know, like you say, I'm going to just sit down and meditate. Well, don't, and it'll be like, don't meditate. Why don't you get up? Why don't you get some water? Oh, you're not right now. Why don't you do it later? All right, you've been here five minutes. Why don't you get up? All right, then. Oh, look, you can't even do it. Look at you're hopeless. Like, what is that sound? Oh, there's a bird. That bird's really lovely. Oh, I remember birds. When I was a kid, a bird, blah, blah. That's what it says to you nonstop. The more you watch the mind, the more you hear its nonstop, incoherent chatter about anything. You know, when you start to meditate, you'll hear your mind say the most inane things to you. You know, it'll bring up anything to keep its sense of self. Chat, 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 chat. So meditation is you ground yourself into yourself and the mind slows down to the point where you're just there and there's no conversation happening. And the best example of that, that you do very easily and you probably do quite often, especially if you're in a relationship, is when you make love with somebody else. There's no I chat. love uh, with somebody else. Well, yeah, generally you don't really make love with yourself. So masturbation is off the table. Well, generally masturbation is some sort of physical release in my experience. It's not a case of like, you know, like, can you imagine you're kissing your hand uh, oh, and your hand slides down towards your crutch and you're like, no, not yet. Not yet. And the hand comes back up. I want to have more foreplay with you, hand. And then the hand goes down. No, I'm not ready yet. Oh, and then you come back. You don't do shit like that. You know, you just put on porn and pull your dick or whatever you want to do. <laughs> Making love, it's real. Imagine how you kiss your oh, I love your fingers. Oh, you give me such joy fingers. No. You know? Or your head slides down to your edge. We shouldn't. We shouldn't not hear. Oh, no. Oh, my God. You're so terrible. No. You don't do that. But making love with another person, 
when there's a heartfelt connection, when there's this trust, there's a, a sense of surrendering of your physicality towards their physicality, it kind of transcends in that moment. And you don't, you lose your uh, uh, thoughts. You become this instinctual, this touch becomes, you know, your touch becomes their touch. Their pleasure becomes your pleasure. Um, the whole thing is kind of like awe-inspiring of like when they, you know, if they kiss your nipples, there's a sense of, oh, my God, and losing yourself into that sensation. So it's momentary. You're not there going like, and, and like if if you add something to it, such as they do that and you're there going, oh, my God, uh, I've got to get milk and bread. Oh, I wanna, so when I'm done here, I'm going to go to the shop. You don't do shit like that. Yet that's what you live your moment-to-moment life. You're having a shower, and instead of feeling the water caress your body, feeling the pleasure of warmth and, and, and all the things that you could experience in a shower, you're there going like, well, when I get out, I'll do this, and I'm going to do this, and then I've got to get that, and all right, then, oh, I've only been in here for 10 minutes, and so let's, let's have another minute. This is really good. Oh, the water's not that cold. Let me get it warmer. You're thinking the next moment, not enjoying the presence of yourself in, in the now. But in sexuality, it often happens that you're with them and you're, you're with the kiss. You feel the kiss. You feel the sensation of what the kiss feels like when it moves through the energy system of your body. And whoa, like, wow, that kiss was really potent. But you're not there saying, oh, that kiss was potent. You're present in the sensation. So that's what you do. We do that all the time. That is meditation. That is being one with oneself. That is being in 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 the presence of now, you know, that happens and we do it. But no one ever thinks about it. They just think, oh, that was really good. Because that's what happens when you're with yourself. There's this feeling of joy and totality and fulfillment, you know. But we just think it's because we're with another person. Then we call them, their, it's their fault that we have these feelings and we love them and we want to be with them. And, and this is a relationship and now I want to be with you. No. In truth, it's all yourself, being with yourself. So the technique is to ground oneself into one's body, just like you allow yourself to be in your body when you make love with another person. You, you receive, <laughs> I love that you keep throwing in with another person. <laughs> well, when you make love. I mean, you could do it chopping vegetables. I've had an experience of being with a carrot. And and being in a meditative state. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I've had the experience of like I I remember like oh my god it must be twenty seven years ago of being in a kitchen and, and meditating and just being present in myself and chopping vegetables and the whole sound of the chop and the chop and the 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 whole presence of just being in the moment as you were doing something and the feeling of that's all that there is. This is total fulfillment and it's experiential. I mean, from the outside, it sounds really quirky. And then I had a divine moment chopping a carrot. It sounds weird. And I can understand how people go like, what the fuck are you talking about? But in the moment, just like in the moment of standing there and letting that water dripple over your body in a shower and having this feeling of bliss, and joy 
of the, the, the oreness and the beauty of like water dripping down your body and the sensations of it. It's amazing if you're present with it. You know, of the soap on your skin as you wash your, over your arm and your back, there's this beauty to it. There's this absolute divine feeling of like it is so joyous to be here in this right now. You know, if, if you've ever meditated and washed your hands with soap <laughs> and really been with the slipperiness of the feelings of your body and your fingers, it's amazing. Like it's, 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 it's like being on drugs. It's like, Oh dude, this is just so amazing. But in a meditative state that happens all the time. Well, in a, in a chosen moment to be in the presence of yourself. So, um, the technique is wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you can always be in your body. And your body lives in the now. So if you're with your body, you're in the now. And it's a wonderful stepping stone to bring yourself into presence of your own awareness. You know? You don't have to like sit on a pillow and light a candle and go, Yes, now I am meditating. You can just say, Let me focus on my navel. Mind wise. That's it. You can say, let me focus on my fingertips. You can, you can, do, and you can constantly be um, uh, allowing the awareness, you know, your mind's awareness, to roam through the body to see where it's tense. Like even now, right now. Anybody listening right now, you're listening to the podcast, you could say to yourself, how are the muscles in my face feel? And then all of a sudden, you'll notice you can let your eyes go because your eyes were holding tension around them. And then your peripheral vision can just become, you know, like fisheye. You get a 170-degree view. You allow your, your, your focus to come back. Because there's no way, nothing you have to be looking at right now. So you just let your focus fall back towards yourself. You notice your nose in front of you all of a sudden. You notice the far right side and the far left side. So your peripheral vision come back. And then you notice all those little muscles around your face. Just relax. So why were you holding them in a position? Why were you tense? The, the thing is, we try to hold on to the body as a way of keeping ourselves localized. Your body is the only way that you can be in a place. Get rid of your body, you become infinitely everywhere you know in awareness so your senses localize your awareness into a physicality in this place that we're in you know enlightenment and self-realizing is when you let go of the body and you your awareness grows everywhere so that when you look at something you're it as well as the looking at it and you're it that you're looking at. And I know it, people go, oh my God, how's that happened? But you can't know that experience from the aspect of I'm a separate entity or I'm a body. You can't know it because it'll be like, that'll be really weird. But if you let go of that experience of I'm a separate entity and I'm a body, it becomes this natural occurrence that yes, what I'm looking at is also what I am. It's no big deal. It's it's not literal. You're not the doorknob over there and the body over here. 
you're just aware that the doorknob and the visual experience arises in the presence of yourself. So you are both. It would be just like the page of a book realizing that the words are a part of itself because the word is written into a page. The word's not written on a page. The word is made up of page with ink. The ink is made of the page. You can't write ink in the air. The ink has to be, has to have a substance, and the substance is the page. So the page going, look, I am the words at the same time, even though the words are separate. The words have a whole story to them in a book, but they're made out of the page. Well, what I'm saying is you're the page. So when you look at the story of the world around you, you realize, hey, look, the door in front of me is made up of my awareness. The door in front of me is made up of me. So a really good technique to start that is to ground yourself out of the story and into something that lives in the now. Your fingers. You could just sit down and allow your awareness to be in your hand. Now, this is the technique focusing and keeping that focus on your hand. It is exactly the same focus as meditating and watching your breath go in and come out. The same as meditating and watching the rise and fall of your belly. You can watch it and sit there and the mind will drift off somewhere else and you bring the mind gently back to the focused point of your choice, which is to watch the belly rise and fall. Because the whole of your life, your belly will rise and fall. It's a constant. Just like the breath going in and out. It's a constant. It's a fixed happening that you will always have so that you can place your mind there to focus. Mind is, I use the whole body. I sit there. And I become aware of the fingertips and the energy. <clears throat> and what happens is the more the energy, the more the awareness stays in one position, say on the hand, the energy starts to pull. So the energy starts to pull around the sensations of the hand. You might have to sit there for three, four, five, ten minutes if you want, noticing the different sensations of your fingertips. Even if you sit like meditating with your hands folded in your lap, if you just keep your awareness in your hands, you'll notice that the energy starts to gather into your hands. Then there'll be a sense of disillusion. Dis, uh, disillusion. That's kind of cool. You won't have the illusion of having hands. The energy moves out and you won't be able to feel what the physicality of the hands are. You'll feel the energy of it. Like what do the hands feel like on the inside? When your eyes are closed, like, can you know what the hands feel like? The truth of it for me is when I, the sensation arises of my hands, I don't have a physicality of the hands. I just have vibrational feelings, like a inside. And they get bigger and bigger and bigger. So they're like, from my mind's point of view on the inside, I don't know what my hands look like. They just have a sensation. And that is meditating. That's it. You're there. 
That's all you need to do. You're grounded. You have your mind focused on a place that's in the moment. And then you just watch. Maybe the sensations will move up your arms and into your shoulders. Depending on the level of uh, attunement that you can have, maybe the, the energy will start to go through the whole body. You'll start to feel this sense of vibrationary hum up and down through your feet, legs, hips, back, chest, face, head. That's it. That's all you need to do. You just stay there. Just let yourself experience that sensation of what it is to have a body from the inside out rather than from the outside in. And it just gets deeper. The more you sit within the sensation of your body, you become aware of different sensations. Some areas of what you think is the body feels contracted or tight or blocked or the energy moves different to other areas where it feels like it just flows very easily. Some of the vibrations or the feeling of the body from the inside have different feelings in different parts of the body. So what you can do is always have the intention as you're feeling your body to let go. Let go of tension. Dissolve tension. Dissolve any blocks. Dissolve any energetic blocks. Dissolve any contractions. I relate to it sometimes as a, it's like you're the custodian of, of um, the body and and if there's areas where energies or, or emotions are arising that feel stuck or the movement has been impeded, so to speak, or, or um, is commanding center stage of your life, that's where, where, where I find uh, the meditative process or practice allows for that which would otherwise be sticky to keep moving along because life is movement. So when you find something is stuck, therein lies the opportunity to um, center yourself, so to speak, or to refamiliarize oneself with the movement that would otherwise be naturally occurring. Yeah. Well, who who you are, would be the contractions and non-contractions of the field of your body and your awareness. You know, the more you resolve and, and, and dissolve and delete those aspects in your field, the more your personality deletes because you are just your contractions. And, and you know, you could be an open, loving person and then you see something that reminds you of your dad and all of a sudden you have these whole – energetic shifts and it's like different because you still have trauma or pain or hurt or karma or or sensation or unresolved dissolved energy contractions in relationship to what you thought your father did and you so in meditating you come across those places you let it go 
You can find them as energies in your body. You can find them as contractions in your body and you let them go. And then you go to visit your dad and it's a different relationship because you did it from the inside out. You found the thing in you that was hurt. You let go of the hurt. You chose to forgive or chose to let go or whatever you want to call that word. How do you, how do you relate to – I find sometimes um, – the conversation or the action of letting go can be, um, at least from my experience, glossed over so lightly as if, oh, you just found something, let it go and move on. As if that's just like some um, simple little procedure. <laughs> it can be. It can be absolutely that simple, unless you have belief systems around that that say that it's not. So then you have to go through those belief systems that tell you, oh, uh, that's too hard, or oh, this is deep and it means something to me, or I value this pain and, and uh, trauma and it meant something, it made who I am. So I'm not just going to let it go in one moment. I need to examine it and look at it and I have to go through it again and then re-choose the trauma, you know? Like, like yeah, it's, I, feel like uh, a I lot call of it like the... recontextualizing. You know, you go back to that moment in your head and you see – well, this wasn't my dad. This was a 28-year-old man who didn't know what he was doing in his life and did the best he could. And this is what happened when he did it to his six-year-old son, you know? And you're like, oh, my God, that's right. My dad wasn't a dad. He was some 28-year-old young person not knowing how to act. And you shifts in your head. You reconstruct it in your head and go like, oh, it's okay. I get it now. I'm 28. Jesus, this is what my dad was when I was six. Of course, he didn't know what he was doing. You know what I mean? You can recontextualize the occurrence into an adult mind rather than a six-year-old's mind. I suppose what I'm speaking to more is um, bringing a sense of awareness that a lot of the times, in my experience, the, the, the act of letting go um, is... is uh, has a really lovely relationship with the process of introspection. They're kind of like, they go hand in hand for me, you know, because oftentimes the idea of letting go, I'll be like, okay, and I'll let that go. But I'll notice that the feeling or the emotion will be sticky or to be recurring or, or, uh, I, you know, in my experience, I, I certainly have qualities of emotions and feelings that, um, are recurring themes in life, despite having let go of them numerous times. There, there's clearly many layers to um, and expressions of um, given feelings, and so so sometimes I notice that I've found um, when along the road I haven't. Um, done the the work of introspection or, or or exploration of the root you know it's like when you don't pull the the weed by the roots and get the root out and and be free of or at peace with the seamy root cause of that reactivity which may or may not not as a belief per se but just as the the natural unfolding of life may take uh, some some time, some some 
repeat uh, repeated looking and all likelihood will because you're a human being on planet earth <laughs> well, that, actually, that's seemingly part of the game what what you just defined is what that's the path yeah there is no path because you're just coming back to be whatever you were always without the limited beliefs of what you think you are so I suppose you, for me it's like almost a, a reassuring like a sense of reinsurance that the art of letting go um, is an it's an ongoing action and as you become more and more familiar with uh, the process as it arises within you and you become more and more familiar with that which you are not you know I, I find uh, al along my path I spend um, more time um, unwinding from what I am not as opposed to residing in what I am. Does that make sense? Yeah, because residing in what you are doesn't have any qualities. Yeah. You probably reside in what you are a lot, but there's no one there to tell you you're doing <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and the part of you that's all the things that you are not are painful and suffer because there's a sense of separation. And where there's a sense of separation, there's a sense of isolation, a fear of death, um, uh, all the other goodies that go with it, loneliness, a need, a want, a desire, feeling of deficit. They're all the part and parcels of being a separate sense of self. Oh, I want to find God. I want to find love. I don't like being here. I'm bored. I, 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 I. You know, it's yet, interesting to me that you're saying this because even while you were describing um, – the result of meditation, the result of of being present with the shower, the result of of diving into lovemaking. I was aware of the 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 quality um, of my relating to the the spiritual path, as in chasing the payoff. Ooh, I'm going to do all these practices so that I get to feel this bliss thing. There's this bliss thing, and I'm chasing it, and and it in many ways became the detriment because I was constantly um, doing to get and, and, and um, was missing the opportunity to really be present with, with um, the processes and what was so. There was almost like this fantasy reward that, that I was chasing after. And that, that came to mind as you were saying those things where, where um, if the byproduct is pleasure and bliss fantastic but um but uh i think sometimes when when it, i hear um i mean i suppose in, in one sense you have to dangle a carrot that sounds attractive to get people's attention <laughs> well you know what you and i spoke about before mine was my whole path is is littered right the, the carrot my whole life has been to be loved yeah. if i just do this they'll love me if i just do this my relationship will love me but my spiritual path was god will love me mm. oh if i just do this then 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 and a lot of it used to be i'm going to practice really hard and i'm going to meditate yeah. a lot yeah so if i'm a good boy God will tell me why I'm here. Right. God will tell me what the fuck is going on. I've got to do all of these things. So, like, I can still feel that sense of resentment in me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, like, 
I used to say when I was young, it was like, why the fuck are we not given a manual here? You know, everybody gets a machine and a manual, a your computer with a little manual, page seven, do this, turn it on. And yet we're just thrown into these goddamn bodies and it's like, hi, it's like, excuse me, hello, can someone tell me what's happening? I, I know I'm born and I've got these really weird people around me called parents and everyone's telling me that, you know, baby Jesus exists, but, you know, what's happening? And it's like, oh, I'm not going to say a word. It's like, fucking, come on. Well, you tell birds how to fly south. You tell bloody turtles <laughs> how to get back to their beach that they were. There is no but, turtle manual, man. That, and, yeah, but, you know, this turtle is 2,000 miles away going, I, I think I'm going to go that way. And it goes back to the same beach it was born at or hatched at. And, and it's kind of like, you know, you told them what to do. What are you doing? Where where is it with me? And it's like uh, you imagine the turtle arrives at that beach and just goes like, "What the? How the? How did this happen? Shit! Like <laughs> this looks really familiar." Except oh my the, tur- God. <laughs> the turtle doesn't fucking know. The turtle just gets back at the beach and goes, "This looks like a nice beach to lay an egg at." And we, as as separate senses of selves and have conceptualized mind and 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 intelligence, go. Look at that. The turtle came back from 2,000 miles to the same spot without a map, no iPhone and no GPS. And we go, wow, how incredible. Why don't I have something like that? I'm so sad and lonely. God doesn't love me like he loves a turtle. You know, it's like really painful. And it's like my whole path was if I do this, God God will, will say to me, now you have divine wisdom and you know the answers to everything. And it's like, and here is a fancy outfit so that you yeah, can some linen, white linen to wear in the summer uh, that flows while you throw over your pashmina sarong across your shoulder. Like, and the whole reality of it is that if you lose your separate sense of identity, that pain and suffering that you are that thinks it's separate to God. You get to be God. And it is so awesome. God won't let you know God. God will only let you be God. And from a limited sense of separation, like an ego and from, you know, David, that's like, oh, my God, I'm going to, like, cast my wand and save the world and change poverty. And I will be special and famous and people will watch me walk on water and blah, blah, blah. But from the experience of it, it's what you've always been. You've always been a part of existence. You've always been existence itself. And yet to a separate sense of self, that sounds like, wow, I can hardly wait to have that experience. But from the experience, it's, wow, there's no one left to have the experience because I am all things. And you think about infinite, infinite can't know itself because it's everywhere. It can't go, here I am. I'm infinite because then there'd be something that's not infinite somewhere else. So to be infinite, it's like silence. How do you be silence? You can't because it's everywhere all the time. You would only know you were silent if there was some discord. And I mean literally discord. And you'd be like, wow, there's a noise. Oh, my God, what was I a moment before the noise arrived? Oh, I must be silence. There's your whole human existence. You're a discord. You know, you're like a, a string that's been plucked. That's why it hurts. 
because it's plucked, it's moved, it's vibrating. And that tells you, well, what am I really? If I just appear here as a sound, what was I before? That's, that's a spiritual question. Who were you before you were born? Who were you before you were a limited, separate sense of self? If you keep thinking you're just a sound, what about the silence that you appeared on? You know, what were you before the sound arrived? Is exactly the same question as who were you before you became a separate sense of self? So when you go quiet, when the sound stops, you become aware of all everything of which the sound appeared in. And that's you. When you lose your separate sense of self, you become aware of the 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 awareness of that the the awareness that was the substrate of the separate sense of self appeared in. It's what made you separate because you knew there was something else besides you, and where was it? And it was always you too. It's 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 miraculous in in its simplicity. Even but saying it, that that's what you are is the 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 contradictory because there's no. But that's what happens after yeah, enlightenment. Yeah, Enlight- there's no you because as soon as there's this you, it, it creates a, there's a degree of separation because you implies not you. Yeah, right? and so t- the actual experience of oneself, it, it's it's. Uh, well, it shifts and it becomes out of the aspect of separate. And it just stays as you could say there's a universal you. Oh, I'm a universal self. And you're completely and utterly aware that it absolutely makes no sense to you. No sense because it's not within the senses of the body. It's nonsense because it's nonsensical. It's not a separate sense of self that's been visually or, or, or audibly, you know, uh, uh, or sensated. It's not a, oh, look, I know that I'm separate because I I'm, I'm, can see the door over there and I'm here. The universal sense itself is this feeling. It's not even a feeling. It's a non-experience experience. It's a sense of knowing that you're all things. It's like, it's like when you qualify your awareness, right? There you are, you're aware. If I said to you, you don't exist, you would absolutely be able to say, but yes, I do, I'm here. And I'd be like, no, you're not. You don't exist. Now, I could tell you you're not good looking. I could tell you that you're fat. I could tell you all these qualifications of separate sense of self that you might get hurt and go, oh, how could you say that about me and all those separate sense of, of experiences? But if I said you don't exist, you can't get hurt because you don't have the ability to go, well, what do you mean I don't exist? I'm here. You would have to do an intellectual backfit to say to yourself, I'm not existing. Well, if I'm not existing, how do I tell myself I'm not existing because I must exist to tell myself I don't exist? So it's such a deep level of truth that no one can shake it from you. You can say, I, all I know is that I'm here right now. Now, when you go into that I amness, there's a, a, an awareness, and that awareness just knows it's aware. It's a self-knowing knowledge that has no quality. It doesn't say, someone told me I'm an awareness, so look at me. I'm awareness because you could have the awareness of saying I'm an awareness. You know, That's just a thought. 
but the quality of being the awareness that you are all the time, the presence that is there, it doesn't, it can't be disqualified. It can't be told it's not there because you are there going, oh, I'm not here. And you'd be like, well, how do I not be here if I'm here saying I'm not here? That is a universal sense of self because it has no qualities. It doesn't have a qualification. It's not a boy or a girl or good or bad or up or down or big or small. There's no relative duality to it. There's just that. And within that awareness, there's a self-fulfilling knowingness of self. And, you know, the mind will be like, what does that mean? But when you experience it, you're like, oh. Um, and, and let's go back to sex. You're making love with your partner. And you could absolutely say, when I'm with you, I lose myself. You could say that. I mean, poetry is written about it. When I'm with you and I'm even, even just being with the lover, when I'm with you, I lose myself. When I leave you, the world disappears around me and there is only us per se. Well, I would say there's only me. So you have the experience of that capacity, that potential to experience that with a lover where the world disappears because you're absorbed into the love of the other. So you, you have the experience of knowing what it's like to be present and have no reference to who you are. I've lost myself in you. It's well, almost as if in some ways a lot of your, your walls and your resistance and, and that which you define yourself by to protect to, drops away, or at least in one one. Yeah, because, because, you, because it's your normalness. That's your normal nature. You use so much energy staying separate. You, yeah. you work really, really hard at trying to stay separate. Your natural state when you let go, when you relax, when you allow yourself to be – without the fear and worry, anxiety and feelings and all those things that happen in the world, when you allow yourself to do it, you naturally become enlightened. Except you just don't know it. Think of an orgasm. So you've just spent 20 minutes wait, making wait, wait, wait. I got to get there. All, all right. All right. <laughs> I'm there, man. <laughs> yes. yeah. All right, I, I'm on my second one. Was that the strap? <laughs> Sorry. Whoa. Uh. <laughs> yeah, some, some Love you. My Uber's here. And a cigarette. What was your name? Uh, my Uber's here. Got to go. Bye. That is so gay. Oh, shut up. Um, so think about it. You're making love with someone, right? You're feeling their body. You're touching. There's this warmth, fulfillment, joy in your hands or heart and body and mind. There can be lust. But I'm talking about when you transcend the lust bit. You know, you've you've played out the lust bit, and it's this. It's like you're eating the most delicious food you've ever had. It's this feeling of just unification with another seeming another body. Um, but it's not. It's a unification with yourself. When you the separate self dissolves into the self, there's a feeling of wholeness. So we project it out of ourselves into the other person going, oh my God, when I'm with you, I just lose myself. So there you are in that, right? And within that moment, there can be an orgasm 
And when you have the orgasm, you dissolve any sense of identity. In that moment of orgasm, the reason we find it so attractive, I suppose it's instinctual to make us have babies. Otherwise, you know, why would you fucking bother with all that effort if there wasn't some reward in it? You know, let's have this, an orgasm. Oh, imagine having sex. I mean, it would be the same, but the orgasm, I think, is a physical, instinctual, you know, carrot that says, go on, do this and have a baby. So we can procreate. Um, but then you have an orgasm and there's this, and then you like lay down, you know, <laughs> and you both lay there like, you know, like everybody does hold hands or put your leg across their body and they both lay there. And there's a moment, you know, 10, 20 seconds where you just don't think you're just there going. And w what happens, I think is the awareness is expanded to incorporate the sensations of the body. So you're there going, whether it's a good feeling, a joy feeling, a relaxed feeling, a relief feeling, um, you know, a lot of people, it's relief. They lose sex to get rid of physical stress, you know, and you lay there. You're meditating. You're in a meditative state. You're not in the future. You're not in the past. You're there just going, uh, but you know, in about 20 seconds, it's going to go, we should get up. We get up. I'm late. Oh my God, my wife's going to be home soon. You know? <laughs> You're going to have that thought of like, oh shit, I feel guilty now. I shouldn't have done this. My husband's going to kill me. Or. You know, whatever it is that you do. You and they say, walk in the door and you're like, baby, I'm meditating. I'm meditating. Yeah. No, I'm no, no. I'm on a podcast. <laughs> I, I'm trying to reach oneness. It's not. No, 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 no. I'm is trying my, to. This is my guru. <laughs> yes, we're not having sex. We're experiencing consciousness in the physical form. The Hello, I am Swami Gonna Tap That Ass. <laughs> Swami Gonna Tap That Ass? That is really, really good. I like that. Swami tapped my ass. Um, but, you know, normally about 20 seconds or whatever, you go, you could roll over and kiss them again, but you've become separate. You've become, I'm here, you're there. You've become, I love you. And they go, I love you. And all of a sudden, there's a bridge between the two of you that goes, I love you. When before, I love you was unwritten and it was in your fingers as you touched them. It was in your lips as you kissed them. There was love in your physicality as you rubbed yourself on them or they rubbed themselves on you. There was a, and it's not doesn't have to be love like, oh, we're in love. It can be love in the sense of acceptance or non-judgment. It can be love in, in the form of presence. I am just here with you. Love doesn't necessarily have to be some verb, you know, giving you flowers or words, hey, I love you, or action per se. It can be, it can be the experience stillness. of stillness, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, am, I am with, you know, how many people say I love being with them, I can just be quiet. So it's a, a form of saying like when I'm quiet in myself with them, I know I love them. Because I have no fear of the separation of being them. I can let myself merge with them in a communion instead of communication. And yet if you say, well, that means you love them. Oh, no. Love means getting married. Love means doing this and this and this and this and this. And I'm like, nope. 
Love's an innate quality that arises of its own in silence, in, in a look, in a bunch of flowers too. It can be in everything, but love arises. We just have such qualifications for what love is, and it's not. In fact, love is everything. Love is in the air. Everywhere you look around. You know, in, in, in many ways, uh, love uh, is devoid of action. There, yeah. Action might arise as from the state of love, but it, it doesn't. It doesn't um, it's like um, a, a futile attempt to prove it. Yeah, exactly. You know, here's a dozen long stem sex organs, baby. I love you. You're it's very fun. sexual, Suzanne. I know. Well, that's all they had at the flower store was sexual organs because that's what a flower is, isn't it? <laughs> sex. But, you know, like, so you've had sex and you've, you're laying there and you're not separate. There's just a sense of communion. Now, just transpose that onto what I was talking about as meditating in your body. All of a sudden, you're present. Your mind is focused on a sensation in your body. And I swear to you, if you can hold your mind still and focused on your fingers, your hands, your heart, your chest, your face, your, anywhere in the body on those sensations, there will be this sense of love. Like the vibrations that go through your body, are you loving yourself? Is you going... Ah, it's a joy to be me. I am with me, and being with me is beautiful and loving. Like being in the shower and not thinking about what you have to do or what you thought about happened last night, and you just let the water pour down on you and drip across your face and touch your nipples and drip off your genitals and <laughs> feel it just run all over your body. There's this sense of every moment I am loved. Every moment I am given this beautiful sensation to be in a body is a beautiful thing. If I'm present in the body with it, and the only time we ever let ourselves have it is when we're with someone we trust and we're making love with them and we have an open heart to them. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, out of all the week, I'm going to let myself have this moment where I feel bliss towards another person of joy and touching and kissing and, and rubbing and being with them. When you could have the exact same moment sitting in your car, feeling the beauty of your breath, having the shower and feeling the water trickle across your nipples. You know, it can be there all the time, holding the cup and tasting that beautiful cup of tea in the morning or coffee, whatever it is. You can be present in your body in a blissful accepting loving state just like you are when you make love with another person where you're there open to them touching you where you allow their sensation of their hand to go that feels so beautiful and you feel your my lips on your lips is so tender and erotic and, and turns me on like insane can be that moment where you eat that carrot it could be that moment when you touch the carrot. It can be all of them all incorporated all at the same time. It just requires you to be present. You know, God hid himself inside of you as presence. 
And when you're with your presence, you're with your God. When you're in the heart, it's oh, there's a saying I can't remember. When you're in your heart, you're in God's heart, or God's in your heart. It's the same expression. When the drop falls into the pond, does it expand to the pond, or does the pond actually fall into the drop? When you're in your love, are you in the love of you and and God's love, or does God's love fall into you? There's so many different ways. It just requires you to have an intention to be present as and in yourself. You know, I got a remix. I got to drop the remix on you. What's the remix? Have you had that experience of um, if we're sticking with the making love theme where um, the, the relationship to the body shifts, right? So you, you become aware of not being the body. You yeah. become aware of not being the desire, the lust that, that is so frequent um, lovemaking. And, and that starts to still. You recognize that there's not a degree of separation between you and this lover because you don't relate to, um, you don't possess the experience as your own, so to speak. The, the ownership of the body dissipates. And yes. then you're making love to yourself and it's just kind of this weird moment of like, wait, 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 wait. So like, where am I in this whole equation? And the, uh, the, the romance novel and fantasy of love as expressed as lovemaking, kind of gets pulled out and you're left in this very peculiar stillness where the, the, the motivation for the actions previously that may have been colored by wanting and lust and communion and loss and this, this, that, and the other, whatever and, it is. Need, yeah, desire. Yeah, and I just need release. Um, um, shifts. There's a deeper awareness of, of, of who you are. And so then the physical expression of things have a new flavor. And, 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 uh, and it's an interesting moment. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, and also think about this. Who hasn't got time to make love? And I mean that on all the different levels. Making love, you're adding love to the world. Mm. Making love, you're being present as yourself. Making love, you're giving joy to another person. Making love, literally, you are making love appear in this realm as an expression of a non-sense of duality as yourself, as self-acceptance, as receiving pleasure, as allowing the divinity of your own beauty to appear to your own self, you are rewarded for you making love. <laughs> it's almost like the process is sit down, you know, start your meditation, shut up, quiet the mind, quiet your relation, and make love. 
Yeah. And allow love love to be made to you, either in sensation to yourself, enjoyed self-acceptance. I mean, all we ever do is beat ourselves up because it helps us stay separate. Telling yourself you're not good enough makes you feel like a separate entity that needs to approve and be approved of and prove itself to the world that it's not not good enough. And both sides are silly. You're not not good enough, and you can't prove to yourself that you're not not good enough. The only reason you have all of these problems is because you think you're separate. You know, there's another person there, and I feel ashamed of being fat, say, you know, something. And I hate myself for what I am right now in the eyes of that person over there. So lose the sense of separation. Start to have an intention to lose it then you, you won't be able to be separate to the other person because there won't be any reason to be. And you'll just be who you are. The greatest joy in the world, one of the, one of the most profound moments for me was when someone judged me for being something separate to them and I accepted it and said, yes, but that's who I am. And the feeling of, I don't need to be anything other than who I am. And your problem about you judging me and telling me I'm not good enough or I am or whatever is not my business. So it's kind of like, you know, wow, you want to tell me that I'm fat and the whole sense of separation is gone and it's kind of like, yeah, well, actually I am overweight Mm-hmm. I am overweight, isn't that? That's who I am. And, you know, I bet you when I don't want to be, I'll do something about it. But because I am, that must be what I want. So that's okay, too. So this is who I am. I don't have to be any different other than what I am. And if I want to be different to what I am, I will be actively doing something to change it. But yeah, I'm not you know, going to not change it and hate myself at the same time. Oh, I'm fat and I'm eating a piece of cake. No, either I enjoy that cake 100% and go, this is what I am, or I don't have the cake and say, because I love myself and want to change myself, something else. Both are exactly the same. You do not have to be anything other than who you are as an expression of yourself in that moment. So if someone comes along and tells you you're not what you're meant to be, fuck them. That's them talking about themselves. fuck them? Well, you know. Tell them, tell them that that's not a very loving. Thing I'm so confused. That's not very accepting and loving, and I'm going to be the acceptance and lovingness of myself right now. That you won't afford me. So when you say you're not good enough, I'll go. Well, yeah, that's true sometimes, and I love myself for that because everything is flawed. Everything is not the same, and I'll love myself for not being everything that I think I should be, which means you just gave yourself what the other person can't give you. Therefore, you're in charge of your sense of fulfillment. Nor should you expect them to. Well, we all do because we all think we're separate and we look at the outside world to know who we are. You know, it's interesting. It's been been, um, in my awareness this past week, really, almost like a relationship hack of of, uh, recognizing, you know, and choosing partnership. And I look across the room and there is my partner. It seems most serving to life in choosing that relationship that I invest an immeasurable amount of time getting to know 
what it is that my partner wants, enjoys, likes, dislikes, and whatever, and offer them the best, um, the, the, the best I'm able to so that they can experience that or relate to themselves in a way that best serves them as shared by them so that, that they, they feel free and inspired to be authentic to their their own unique self-expression and to celebrate that in partnership not to hold them to an expectation of what you need but rather to discover what it is that that um, elicits their joy and so on and so on and, yeah and to serve that and, and how often do people do that? You do financial planning. In five years, I want to do this, this, this. You do career planning. You know, oh, in my life, I want to be here, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and buy a house, and I'm going to do this, and blah, blah, blah. But when you meet someone, do you do any relationship planning? <laughs> hey, what am I going to do in two years? This is where I want to be. This is my intention for the relationship, blah, blah. It's kind of like you just don't do anything. And as shit comes up, you go like, oh my God, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what to do now. And, and you fuck up and then you try and get together. But if you had a plan, if you, if you, if you meet someone, and I mean, I recently just did it in my relationship about what is it you want? I want to hear you tell me what you want from a relationship. So I know what it is that I'm expected. And, and then also you get to choose it or not. Yeah. And and there was a, a situation that arose about something, and I, I wanted to dissect it. And there was resistance to dissecting it. And I said, but this is my reason. I want to dissect what happened so I know you. And in knowing you, I'll be able to understand in the future who you are around that. So I know what's happening. I don't want to be in a relationship with someone that I don't know and just get to know them as occurrences happen so that I, I, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, you did this and that was out of character. I'm like, how can it be out of character if you did it? I just expected you weren't like that. So I want now to know things about you and aspects about what you need, what you want, what's your desire, how you think, what you feel. So I get to know you holistically without having to spend five years trial and error. And, you know, have some mess up where I go, well, no, I didn't realize that's what you want, you know. And it was kind of difficult because he said he's never had an intimate relationship where, you know, you talk about such stuff. And I'm like, but, but what do you think a relationship is? A relationship is, it's like you're on a career and after a year you say to your boss, well, what's my expectations of getting promoted? Where do you think I'll be in three years from now in this company? And the boss going, ooh, we don't talk about things like this. We just let them happen. You know? But in a relationship, it's kind of like, do you want to be like, you know? And, and it's really amazing. We, it came out to be, he was kind of quite gobsmacked that I wanted to understand or know him so that I could love him more or be more loving or be more accepting. And it kind of like made him, you know, it made him, it, it was like horny, 
Well, <laughs> yeah, it was like, all right, is this conversation finished? Can we fuck now? No, but it's it, it, really it, awesome that you want to get to know me, take off your clothes right now. I can't. <laughs> but it's, but it really, it really is. It's, it's really intentional. You can see it that my partner wants to love me. My partner's intention is to see me and know me and love me. And it, it's a beautiful thing to have in a relationship. You know, I want to know who you are so I can better serve you. Yeah. You know, and, and who says that in relationships? It's like, oh, I will love you for better health, sickness, or in poorness. It's like that's the depth of our introspection into a relationship. If you get sick or, or you lose your money, I'll still be with you. And I'm like, are you kidding? I want to know what makes you happy. I want to know what dreams you have so that I can dream them with you. You know, I want to know what makes you uh, feel insecure so that I can be there for you when it happens. You know, and it all comes from me communicating. And, um, and we don't do it in relationship. We don't, we don't have those kind of conversations where it says, you know, and what I found was most people don't know themselves enough to be able to answer the questions. Yeah. I don't know what I want. Well, hold on. You're having a relationship and you don't know what you want from the relationship. Oh, well, I just, you know, I just want us to get on and be happy. I'm like, that's so skimming the surface. And it's also not true. To be with another person, are you with me because you don't want to be lonely? Be honest. Say that. Are you with me because you're you're um, in resistance to being loved, but you'll just tap along the edges? Oh, yeah, I'm with you. And it, underneath is all this, no one will ever love me. If that's the truth, tell me that. Do you feel like that um, I'll leave you? Are you having a current theme of abandonment underneath the relationship? You know, and if that's true, why don't we talk about it and see if we can make promises about that or when it arises. But most people wouldn't say, uh, I don't know. And the deeper you go, the more they become enlightened on their own sense of self and get to be able to let go of these parts of themselves that make them separate. Because why be in a relationship and be separate to the person? How many relationships do we see where they treat each other like enemies? You know, oh, I can't tell them about that. Yeah. They would never understand. You know, I can't share those feelings. I, I can't tell them who I am because they won't love me. And yet the relationship is supposed to be, I have to tell them who I am. And if they don't love me, I have to accept it and move on. Because they need to have a choice of knowing who I am so that they can leave or stay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and most people won't risk that. Yeah. Most people will fake it so that they can keep what they want. And I'm like, Let but me then try and figure out what I need to do to present myself in a way that will most likely keep you around and get me what I want. Because what I want most is to not be alone. <laughs> and under all of that is, and, and, like, and you don't love me because I'm making it happen. Yeah, And yet if you were to say, look, I fucked up, I'm this, 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 I risk it, I know you're going to leave me, I know you don't want to be with me now, I've told you the truth, and they look at you and they go, no, I, I still love you. Part of you heals. Part of you goes, you still love me even though this? And it's kind of like, 
like I said to my partner, you know, I, I want you to become aware of the parts of yourself you don't love because I know it's really hard to love parts of yourself. But if you can't, I'll love them for you. I'll love those parts for you. And maybe through me loving them, you will too. Because that's what I want. The parts of myself that I don't know how to love. I want you to love them. So that then I can see how you do it. And maybe it'll transpose. Maybe it'll be like if your lit candle comes close enough to my unlit wick, the flame will just jump doesn't have to light it it just jumps to it and then you'll ignite that part of myself that unloved part of myself that's been in darkness with your love when two is greater than one yeah whoa and then when you put the flames together it's just one flame then you it's know? hot but then you need to have a partner that hears you say that and goes I feel so inadequate to you because you're so amazingly beautiful. <laughs> I'm like, all right, so I won't, I won't say things like that anymore. No, but it's – and then the partner is like, you know, yeah, that's amazing. You enlighten each other. Flame you, on. <laughs> or what about flaming? Oh, my God. All right. But there needs to be both of you that do it. There needs to be reciprocated. It can't be one person saying, I dedicate our relationship to growth and to truth and to love and to enlightenment, where we both become blissfully quiet and peaceful and joyful with each other, unified. We become unified in everything. And the other person goes, yeah, that sounds really good. I'm just going out to the club. I'll be home tomorrow. No, you both got to be on the same page. And then you would have to look at why you would have a relationship with someone that is not on the same page. Mm. Maybe it's because they want to be on the same page and you, they have some sort of learning curve of you showing them how to do it. Just like I said, they don't know how to love that aspect of themselves, but they will let you love it. Maybe they'll learn how to love it themselves. Mm. You know, the greatest growth is in relationship, intimate relationship. Because it's the greatest mirror, you know? Amen, brother. Yeah, I, amen, brother. All right, love you. Love you, too. I got to pee. <laughs> All right, I'll leave you to that. Bye, sweetheart. Bye, sweetheart.